and welcome to episode seven of What's Your Jam? Conversations about what makes us happy over a cup of tea and a jam scone. This is the seventh episode. We are one third of the way through Fringe Festival's crazy times. Ah! Ah, Fringe Festival makes me lose my mind. Um, Hey, it's my seventh episode and my guest today is Samina Zera, who is a performer from Brighton and is bringing so many fringe shows and is generally a really lovely person. Molly liked her and that was really good. It's nice when animals like people, you know, it just feels good. Um, we had a really lovely chat. She was very kind and gracious and lovely to talk to and uh, I really can't wait to check out her shows. Uh, links are all in the in the in the um in the usual place, you know what you're doing. You know how podcasts work. <sighs> I'm having a day. It's okay. Uh, everything will be fine. You know what? You don't need to hear about that. You can just chill out and listen to me talk to Samina, and then uh, tell your friends about how nice it was. Anyway, yeah, have a lovely time listening to Samina and episode seven. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, um, so, Samina, you are um, a performer from Brighton, you said, based in Brighton, Brighton. in UK, yeah. Yes, and you travel various fringe festivals. Yes. And you're here in Wellington to yes. do not one, but four shows. Yes, I'm producing four shows. I'm not in all of them. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But that's good, producing. Yeah. 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 We, we, we're probably quite similar. I'm involved in three projects this fringe, yeah. but last year I ran a venue and was involved in seven. Wow. So yeah. I curate a venue for Brighton Fringe. Oh. So I do, uh, yes. I think when you're a performer um, Mm -hmm. and you're an independent performer, you do end up wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. And that's You kind of of need to. Yes. To make things happen. Yeah. And to make things work. Yeah. To make things happen, make things work, you have to do a lot of jobs. (laughs) What's your preferred job? Always performance. Performance. Of course. You know, I'm a performer first, but I think it's quite useful doing all the other jobs as well because you learn... Um, how to do them and what you can do and what you can't so that when you reach the dizzying heights of being able to uh, pay people to do those jobs you have a very good sense of A, what is possible and what you can legitimately ask someone to do Mm -hmm. and B, you know when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's true. So it's quite good to, to have all that and just to have respect for what the other jobs involve and entail yeah so it's like yeah it's both it's both knowing what's actually possible and knowing when you are being a a very demanding client yes exactly and knowing when you're actually being quite reasonable yes and maybe they could do a thing (laughs) (laughs) that's great and your performance uh what's your what's your what's your main performance show that you've brought okay so my the solo show that i've brought is uh tea with terrorists right which is a comedy storytelling show and then i'm also performing in fiery tongues Mm -hmm. which is a wonderful piece of polemic poetry which celebrates the power of words really mm-hmm. and uh, that's five people performing together along with uh, James Nukise and Anya Tate Manning who mm. are local who are the other two the other two are Mike McKeon who's mm-hmm. doing two solo shows as well mm-hmm. and uh, Roy Hutchins who is a long-time collaborator of the poet Heskett Williams whose piece Fiery Tongues is oh and so are you is the poetry that you're you're reading reading performing is it that person's poetry yes so the, the the narrative poem has been written by Heskett Williams but it references mm. and quotes from about 60 to 80 different poets mm. and the premise of the poem is he's talking about 
he's celebrating words and he's celebrating the revolutionary power of words. It's a real call to arms. Mm -hmm. And it starts, it starts, the piece starts with uh, a quote from W.H. Auden, which says, um, poetry makes nothing happen. And he starts it by saying, W.H. Auden said, poetry makes nothing happen. Auden was quite wrong. <laughs> the world that we know has had its shape changed several times. And it references poems from all the way from Babylon 5,000 years ago, the, you know, Gilgamesh, mm -hmm. all the way down to Tahrir Square and very modern poetry. And also what we're doing, which we do wherever we take this piece, is we have local poets who come in and do a little bit of guesting on it with their own poetry or poems that they love so that it has it has a flavour and it has the, the sort of issues and just what's going on in the place in which we're doing it. So it mm. also belongs to that place. Yeah. It's not just something we bring, but it's something we share. Keeps it very relevant to where yes. it's being yeah. performed. And fresh. And fresh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and so James and Anya are your local poets? Yeah. Well, James and Anya performed it with us last year in Glastonbury. Right. And then we took it up to Edinburgh, and they came and performed it with us there. Mm -hmm. um, but Anya is sourcing local New Zealand poets who will come on. So what happens is we perform the whole thing, and in the middle there's a, there's a section where we've allowed some time for poets to just come up and do their thing. So she's sourcing the poets. Um, and we've received some uh, Kakano funding, I think it's called, mm -hmm. in order to um, in order to be able to do that and to support mm -hmm. those poets and be able to pay them and things. So they, they will come up and they will do their little bit and then they'll go back and watch the rest of the show. Great. So the five performers every night will be Roy, Mike, myself, James and Anya. Great. And so this, that sounds, given that it's about poetry and about the power of words to drive revolutions and things, and your other show is tea with terrorists yes i'm sensing somewhat of a of a theme or a or a um a statement that it's coming well through. i do, look i i it hasn't happened um <laughs> deliberately yeah. but i think it's the world we live in you know this yeah. is when you make art or when you when you perform or when you write or you are responding to what is around you you're responding to mm -hmm. yourself and your life and what's in the world around you mm -hmm. so i guess yes it, there's <laughs> there's a lot of that in it mm -hmm. um fire tongues also has a um original music score that underlines it oh, yeah. and is played live uh, mm -hmm. while we're performing by mike who's doing the other two shows which are quite music and storytelling based as well mm -hmm. um so yeah it's a mix of it's a mix of wonderful loveliness Mm -hmm. I love doing it. I love doing all of this. Yeah. I love the fringe. I love traveling around and meeting all the different performers and artists and people who are trying to make sense of the world that we live in yeah. at this moment in yeah. this time. So that's the kind of thing that drives you is the, is the making work that yes. responds to the world. I think it, I'm, I'm making work that, that is my response to the world. Yeah. I don't know that it, and so in that sense, it's very personal, mm -hmm. but I'm hoping that, um, it also strikes a chord for the people who experience it because obviously mm -hmm. you don't make work in a to put it in a vacuum you make no, it to share yeah, it yeah. and it's a collaborative thing in that sense but then what I've done is I've done a thing and I go and do it and then the audience experiences it and they may have a very different take on what I've said and what I've done to what I've had which mm -hmm. is also great and interesting and mm -hmm. sometimes contentious yeah. Have, do you have that dialogue with the audience afterwards? Or? Quite often I've had people, I didn't think this would happen in comedy, technically, because, you know, Tio Terrace is a comedy show. It's supposed right. to be comedy storytelling. Um, but wherever I've done it, I have generally speaking, I'd say eight times out of ten people afterwards have wanted to chat to me about the show and about the issues that are raised or the themes that come up mm -hmm. or, or just like share their stories that are similar. 
mm. um, which is great. It's lovely. I should keep time aside for it, but I never do. <laughs> but it, but it, it it happens, and it's yeah. fine. These are these are conversations you have in the bar after the show, and right. you know, it's, it's great. Yeah, where which bar are you performing in? So, Tea with Terrorists and Fiery Tongues are happening at Bats. Oh, great. So there is actually a bar that you can go to. There is a bar that you can go to afterwards. And actually the other two shows, Irish Jimmy and Nothing But The Blues, are happening at the Third Eye, which is actually a bar. bar. (laughs) Great. I've I've not seen a performance there. Is it upstairs or...? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. We're, I'm going to go and uh, go check it out. <laughs> yeah, the first show is on Thursday evening. Yeah. Um, it's the opening show on the 16th, uh, mm-hmm. which is tonight, technically. Oh, um, yes, yes. And uh, so we're going to go and check out the space. So I think, yes, it is upstairs, probably. I'm not Sounds sure great. entirely. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's difficult if you're in the middle of Fringe and you're performing in a bar and then people want to talk to you in the bar, but you're like, yes. no, we actually, we, we need to go. Leave. Yes, we need to go downstairs or somewhere <laughs> else because there's another show coming in or yeah, whatever's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I hopefully that hope you get that sort of same engagement. Yes, I hope so. I think I think we will. I mean, Irish Jimmy, which opens tonight, mm-hmm. is um, a collection of stories about Mike's family, and it's it traces the traces his grandfather Jimmy, who was Irish, mm-hmm. but moved from Ireland to uh, England, and but it talks about all those stories that he grew up listening to, and his grandmother, who was a suffragette, sort of a gun runner for the IRA a little oh, bit, I think. Crikey. I think there was some stuff going on there, and but again, the themes of it are very universal in terms of, you know, Sorry. migration <laughs> and. Um, traveling and being being a stranger in a strange land but with familiar faces and mm-hmm. how do you deal with that and it's interspersed with all these songs that Mike has written for the show mm-hmm. um, he wrote it last year and then we I sort of dramaturged it and I've directed it as well mm-hmm. and it's I love it it's a lovely piece of um, piece of writing and it's kind of um, it's very poignant and it's very funny um, it's very lovely it's very heartwarming actually that's, that's that's nice. A heartwarming show is a good a good yeah, thing to. But it's also to very do. funny because um, that grandmother of his, the NRA gun runner, yeah. uh, IRA, 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 sorry, not NRA. She wouldn't have had anything to do with the NRA. No, sorry. <laughs> and then nothing but the blues, which is his other show, is just straight up um, blues music. Blues music, and it's all of his original music, mm-hmm. plus some standards, you know, classic mm-hmm. standards of Delta blues, and that's on first fourth of March, and it's a lovely way to end the festival bit of a party he's done that show before where people have come in and there are seats and they've just moved the seats and just started dancing and it's kind of cool that's great so it's it's kind of it's a bit of a free-for-all and if you love blues it's a it's a great show and that's first of the fourth Right, I'll be able to go. Oh, yay. (laughs) It's when you're making Fringe shows, it's always hard to actually go and watch other people's. Yeah, it is. But that means you're here for the whole Fringe thing. Yes, I've very deliberately planned it like that so that we could see other shows and we could do as much as we could. And I mean, I love Wellington and I love Wellington Fringe as well. I think of all my, the Fringes that I do, it's pretty much my favorite because... (sighs) What an honor. (laughs) Well, no, it's it's lovely because it's it's small and it's very artist-led and it is... Mm -hmm. I think it has the essence of what a fringe should be, mm. which is fringe is about seeing new work and stuff you may not see before and being surprised and seeing works in progress. So you're mm. you're there at the beginning of where the magic is beginning to happen, mm-hmm. and then you'll see a finished product at some point. And some of it some of it's finished, but it's still evolving. And that's what's exciting about it. And that meeting of being able to see other performers' work and artists' work and putting it together. And some of the other fringes, wonderful as they are, I mean, Edinburgh Fringe is great. It's the largest open access fringe in the world. Mm. But there are three and a half thousand shows in that month. So it's very difficult to navigate. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. And also when something becomes that large, 
commercial interests start to seep in in a way that mm. can sometimes, if you're not careful, be counterproductive to the to the making of original art because people become because you're you're sort of everybody's going for the the audience and they're, they're, so they're trying to find a USP you know something unique that will make people come and then it suddenly becomes all about how many people are seeing the show how am I going to make the money back how are the tickets selling and that's not what you want to be doing as an artist mm -hmm. you want to be just doing the art and there's enough space for all the artists to have all the audience mm -hmm. and there's a you know larger conversation and and fun that comes out of that yeah if your head's full of all the the, uh, the administration yeah. then you don't have time for the art and the reflection and the development yes exactly and also for the audience it's very confusing yeah when you have that many shows sometimes audience just get frightened and go well i'll, I'll just go and see the person whose name i know yeah i did that exact thing yes. i've only been to edinburgh once and i was there for 24 hours <laughs> and uh, and I like basically we got there, we stayed overnight and we saw the one show that I knew already existed because yes. I knew the company already. Right. And then I just looked at the program and I was just like, I can't, I can't process yeah. this. Yeah. I don't know. Especially cause I was like, I need to know what's on right now. Yes. And I could not, I could not negotiate find it. But yeah. if I, it, it was one of those things where like, if I'd sort of sat down in advance and really looked at it, but. Yes, but that's it's that's harder a bit, to dip into. Yeah, it's also that's quite tedious to have to plan yeah. ahead. I mean, I know people who come to Edinburgh for four days and they have a spreadsheet and they've got a list of shows and then they've got a few open slots to take in shows that somebody recommends. Mm -hmm. And word of mouth is a great thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it, it takes some of the joy away if you have to be mm -hmm. that organised and it's, disciplined. It's, yeah, yeah, and that disciplined. So it's wonderful in many ways, and I love going up to Edinburgh because it's a it's a it's a crazy month mm -hmm. and you do end up seeing some fabulous stuff but you also miss a lot of stuff because it's because there's, so there. there's just it's too much it's impossible to see yeah. it all yeah which is that's why it probably ends up being that the average audience of edinburgh is like four people or something yes i think it's between six to seven for the average edinburgh shows yeah that's your that's audience how many people that's how yeah. many people will come up but so that's a lot of shows with no audience yeah <sighs> when did you um when did you start making shows like this and becoming a performer so i've been a performer forever really and i, I used to work in theater i was an actor and um then about six years ago i decided i needed a different sort of challenge in terms of creating my own work okay. and i thought like, the idea of stand-up comedy petrified me so i thought well yes obviously do the do thing the scary thing. Yeah, yeah do the scary thing <laughs> And I thought, well, I'll try it and I'll see. And I'll, if I don't do it, I don't do it. It's fine. Okay. Uh, but I did my first five minutes and I sort of fell in love with it. And I mm -hmm. immediately wrote a show and took it up to Edinburgh, okay. bypassing completely the thing that comedians are supposed to do, which is do the circuit and build, you know, and hold it. Because nobody told me I had to do that. So I've been doing that. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. So I've been doing that for five years and it's been a great journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, the downside of doing it that way is slightly that because I haven't done the circuit and I haven't built up the audience, mm -hmm. my audience is building slower than it might otherwise have done. Mm -hmm. But that's, uh, you know, that's the way I've done it and it's fine and I'm quite happy with that. Right. And I've had some amazing experiences traveling around the world and building a sort of fringe family. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't knock it. But this year I'm giving Edinburgh a miss and I'm going to be doing a lot more gigging it's a different muscle as well going into rooms that are not there to see you and just doing yeah. 15 minutes of material Very instead different. of an hour where you can bring in an audience and stuff like that so yeah being able to craft there like yeah being like right being, i'm gonna warm you up so that when i do this yeah. material later you're ready for it versus yeah i have no idea who's on before me yeah please love me now <laughs> well love me or don't love me yeah. but it's kind of up to me to be able to 
um, do the thing I'm going to do and get it across to you in a way that you can take it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's my job yeah. uh, to be able to get the audience's buy in. And if I can, great. If I can't, they might not be my audience. And that's cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> So your, your tours, you, you mostly tour around to festivals? Yeah, festivals and fringes. And occasionally the one-off gigs that I'll just book a place and go and do it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. mm -hmm. and how do you, because uh, did you bring Tea with Terrorists last time? Or no, was that... last year I brought Homicidal Pacifist. That's the one, right. <laughs> Great names. <laughs> what have your other show titles been? <laughs> uh, Punching Mice was the other one those are the these are the three main sort Punching of shows mice, homicidal pacifist tea with terrorists actually tea with terrorists came in between it was a sort of um updated and newer version of punching mice punching mice was my very first show right. and that morphed into tea with terrorists mm. and then i put it on the back burner and then i came last year with homicidal pacifist mm -hmm. and i loved wellington so much and i thought i want to go back and because wellington hadn't seen this show i thought i will take this to wellington right um and I'm writing a new show at the moment, the working title of which is How Not to Steal a Llama, but that might change. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good title. I love a title that just makes you go, I am intrigued. Yeah. What, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. How not to steal a llama. Yeah. Does that mean you know how to steal a llama? It kind of means I almost stole a llama because <laughs> I was climbing Machu Picchu and I was so tired because it's a, it's a hell of a trek if anybody's done it. Mm -hmm. And about on the second day, this woman passed me and she had a llama with her who was carrying all her twigs or whatever she was carrying because it's a bit of a beast of burden in Peru mm -hmm. and I tried to negotiate borrowing her llama and she just looked at me as if I was quite mad <laughs> and uh, there was this weird sort of thing where it's very steep and narrow but I was sort of running after her desperately going please please I will give you a hundred dollars and she was going get off me weird lady that I don't know where you're from I'm busy with my llama yeah I've got stuff to do Get out. Yeah. So this poor Quechua woman that I harassed for a bit. <laughs> but the story is set around those four days of that climb. And mm -hmm. it's really about journeys and why we make them. And just the privilege of being able to make journeys when some people yeah. can't. And what, what does that mean? And stuff like that. But, but also the funny and absurd things that happen to you when you're, you know, up there with very little air. Yeah. <laughs> it's very thin air. Oh. And you start hallucinating jaguars chasing you and whatnot anyway never mind it's uh, oh my goodness it's work in progress <laughs> <laughs> That's i like i like that you like go this is this is a thing that i did i i did this exercise uh not exercise you know i went on this journey i went on this adventure and then you sort of go okay now i'm going to expand that out <laughs> into a wider show because there's there is messages there and there's things that we can laugh at and there's things yeah. we can find out that's just the absurdity of life that mm -hmm. i would like to share with people um yeah I think the bottom of it is that I think human beings are, we're very weird, aren't we? We we wait until we're pushed against a wall before we start to try and make things better for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at recent events and the Women's March that happened mm -hmm. and how amazing that was, it was just this worldwide thing. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was taken in with it. But there was also part of me going, where was this march when the man was nominated? Why did yeah. we have to wait? Yeah. till he was actually elected to gather together yeah. why don't we you know the first time somebody does something unspeakable why do we not attack it with this this kind of 
robustness at that time. Why do we wait? And this is a human condition. We always do this. Mm-hmm. We have like a 50, 70 year cycle where we just chill out and we go, oh, you know, he's very fine. He doesn't really mean it. It's fine. It'll be okay. Nobody will let that happen. And then before we know it, we've let it happen. We've let it happen. Yeah. And then we freak out and we're like, oh my God, what can we do now? Mm-hmm. And then it's a bit late for some people by yeah. the time we've decided that. So, but we have a lot of power. We, you know, human beings are powerful and we have, we have goodness within us and we have empathy within us. And I think it's always those people who are the saviors of humanity as, as it stands. It's never governments that save us from ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. apartheid was legal. Slavery was legal. Colonialism yeah, legality was legal. Is not It's got nothing to do with okay. anything. These were all laws written in, you know, democratic governments even. Mm-hmm. So it takes people's movements always mm-hmm. to change things. And, the way that they try and stop us doing that is by pitting us against each other and going, oh, these poor people, they're scroungers. These immigrants, they're terrible. These Muslims or Jews or gays or whatever group that you want to other. And while we're fighting amongst ourselves, Mm -hmm. they just wander off with all of our civil rights and do all these kind of things Mm -hmm. to us that we um, we don't realize are happening. But once we band together, and this is the best thing about, you know, the Trumpanzee is that... Um, he has caused people of very disparate beliefs and disparate agendas to come together and go, mm. okay, we need to deal with this. Yeah. It's like so, you and I, we can, we can come to a common ground and we can find yeah, a way to work together. Yeah, we need to we do this. We actually cannot yeah. with him. Yeah. That's not going to work. And it's not just him per se. It's the whole administration. It's the Absolutely. reason why he's there. He's it's, the figure. He's the figurehead of a, he's a symbolic head of a movement and of those you know, millions of people who did vote for him mm-hmm. and the kind of that that sense that's happening a lot in Australia, in Europe, in UK as well. I mean, we have we have come to a place in the UK, one of the richest nations in the world, where we have a million people using food banks, which is shameful, where our prime minister has just turned back and, and reneged on our deal to take in child refugees who are, you know, dying uh, and being sold into slavery and whatnot and what have we become so this is something that is sweeping across the world and now we're finding that finally people are getting together and going okay we can't do this because the resistance to that is happening as well and it's happening in very real ways germany's just elected a president who's very anti-trump switzerland has just relaxed its laws for third generation immigrants getting their Uh, residencies or even mm-hmm. their citizenship mm-hmm. and these are these are traditionally quite conservative countries mm-hmm. and if you think about it who would have thought 70 years ago that germany would be the country with the moral high ground in this situation yeah. in europe so there's always hope yeah that's the good thing i was reading something about that fact with germany and that they uh their education system and everything yeah. reminds them constantly constantly yeah. this is what happened this is what this is how it happened this is what happened yeah. because you can't ignore that and if no. you it's the if you don't know about history you can yeah. repeat it so yeah. like you can sort of see you can see how now that's where they are they're yeah. like yeah, yeah we we know the we know what can happen if you let these things go yeah, yeah. It's, it's similar to like when you go to japan and you go to the um the peace museum and i've never Hir- been to japan oh, but, oh in, okay. in hiroshima the peace museum yes yeah um is oh it's shocking like like of course heart, you know you just like everything hurts inside me when i'm when you look at around the room but every they have copies of uh all of the telegrams telegrams that um the uh i think it's the mayor of hiroshima 
has sent to every single government and people person that's uh, done a nuclear test. Wow. Uh, and they send them a thing that goes, hello, Hiroshima here. Um, <laughs> just want to you remind know. you yeah. that this is a terrible thing that you are yeah. contributing to. So that's, and you just look at it and you go, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. And they remind people and they yeah. send those messages. And we don't have that excuse of saying we didn't know what was going on or, you know, it's because we have access to global information there's now. So much information. And there's no way that we can just say, oh, it, well, it just happened and we didn't realize. We know. Mm. We know. Yeah. We can look for that and find it. Um, so, yeah. It, 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 interesting times that we live yeah. in. Do you think and that we, the, the shows that we, that we make that make these statements to... To, you know, to, to push people to, to do something. Do you think we have a strong effect or? I think, look, I think all art is political, whether you're a political person or not. I, it always makes me laugh when people say, oh, I don't do politics. How you live your life is your politics, yeah. whether you like it or not. Yeah. The choices that you make every day and the way that you deal with other people and just around you and even with yourself, those are your politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, yes. And I think, you know, art art is political. You think of... Um, visual artists or poets or mm-hmm. musicians or you know that have changed changed the world or changed the way that people think mm-hmm. um fiery tongues is very much about that there's a lot of reference to people like shelley who was a pacifist mm-hmm. and it's very much his line ye are many they are few mm-hmm. is is a line from his poem which is um where he exhorts people to rise like lions after slumber in unvanquishable number shake your chains to earth like dew which in sleep had fallen on you, ye are many, they are few. And just reminding people of their power. And as humans, we look to we look to symbols, we look to chants, we look to songs, because that's the way we, we function. Those are the mm. things that, you know, all that sitting around fires, telling stories, singing songs, all those sort of, um, those traditions that you have of, of hearing stories, that's very much how we function. It's how it shapes our that world. It shapes our world and it, it's what we choose to listen to. And at no point is any of this, it, it's not just message-based. It needs to be entertaining. So when I'm doing comedy, I'm not saying this has to be message-based comedy. There's also absolutely silly comedy that is puns and nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that's fine too. Yeah. You need all of those things. Mm. But everybody will make the art that appeals to them. Like I read the books that if I ever wrote a book, that's the kind of book I'd want to write. Yeah. Or I watch the movies that I think, oh, I wish I could make that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But I also watch the movies on a Sunday afternoon that I think I'd never want to make that movie, but it's quite fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. So there's a wide spectrum of art and performers and people making art. And all of it speaks to us in some way, mm-hmm. some to our politics, some to our emotions, some to how we're feeling in that moment it's it's all out there it's wonderful that's great uh oh man i just want to like go and make something (laughs) you are you're 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 making stuff (laughs) i'm doing it right now yes making a conversation but also you're you're involved with seven shows you said oh this this is your three oh this is your three last year um but yeah because my my one of the things i drive with uh making shows is i think i'm i personally when i'm creating something it's usually something quite light Oh, and good. quite, um, yeah, like I like bringing a joy to an audience and, and just sort of lifting them there. Which way. is really important. But I like, but I also, the how of how I make it yeah. is probably more my politics. Like I'm very much about like, I'll do like women led projects or I will Great. go, let's make sure that uh, the show we're doing doesn't poke fun at people who don't need to be poked fun yeah. at. Because I want an audience when they're sitting there and enjoying it. I don't want anyone sitting there going, 
ah, that was at my expense. Yeah. Or like, I'm already, you know, I don't, I never want to kick anyone when they're down. I want everyone to just like forget. Like I want you to be able to walk into my show and literally just laugh. Great. And then go home. You need that. Like, yeah, you need people that. need that. Yeah. And you know, there might be some night messages. I mostly improvise, so it's not usually planned. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very, I'm very yeah. careful. And it's about, you know, who you put on stage yeah. and who you lift. Um, it's also, you know, it's about working with integrity. When uh, I, um, I have two kids and when, as they were, they're both artists as well. One of them is a painter and a mm -hmm. writer and one of them is a dancer. Mm -hmm. And my whole life's motto to them is just live with integrity and joy. Mm -hmm. These are the only two things you really need. Yeah. So the bottom of your work and your interactions and everything, if you can have integrity and joy, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You will make mistakes and you will do things that are not great. And, you know, I do it all the time. There's language that I use I'm very aware of mm -hmm. all the time that people will um, make me aware of the fact that that's not okay or that is affecting somebody, for example, um, to do with, say, mental health issues or something. And I, I, I will take that on board because that's my privilege because mm. we all function with a certain privilege. Mm -hmm. And because I'm sort of, you know, cisgendered, female, heteronormative, middle-class, kind of able-bodied, there are things that have not occurred to me because I'm because just not aware know. enough. I'm yeah. not aware enough all the time. Um, so yeah, so that, that will constantly come at me and you just take that on board and that's fine. And if you, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and go, yes, I, I did that with integrity and I, I took some joy in it as well, because mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than preachy, <laughs> preachy. do not like the preachy, Yeah. stay away from the preachy. Yeah. Um, then, then you're good. You're good. You'll get through it. We're just, you know, we're passing time here for our whatever <laughs> 70 or 80 years that yeah. we've got it's past time and make sure that we had a, a good time yeah and we did the best we could i it think didn't hurt people yeah well yeah not deliberately not although sometimes <laughs> in my homicidal moments <laughs> your homicidal pacifist moments yes yeah. so i'm a pacifist but i do have homicidal moments yeah yeah we all do Don't, you just, just accept my dark side it's just about accept how you it. act on those thoughts right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. yes yeah so Tea with Terrorists yeah. is it's it's uh, what you would call straight stand-up storytelling. What's it's comedy? Yeah, it's storytelling comedy. I'm I hesitate to call myself a stand-up because I don't do the whole five jokes a minute or whatever that formula is for stand-up. But mm -hmm. I think comedy has many genres. You know, there's puns oh, and there's stand-up and there's storytelling and there's poetry and there's all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm a storyteller comedian. So it's a it's basically a, a bunch of stories, but the main story is the one of how I ended up having tea with some terrorists. Actually. As you do, yes. Oh, gosh. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and it's set, it, because I grew up in England as a child and then I went back to India with my mother once my parents got divorced. So I spent a lot of my childhood there and then I came back to the UK when I was older. And my father lives in the UK, so I was back and forth anyway. Right. So I have a foot very firmly in these two cultures and I feel like I belong to both of them. Okay. So it's a, it's sort of a collection of stories that, straddles those but also is just full of the absurdity of human nature and mm -hmm. and the fearlessness of human nature as well which mm -hmm. is which is kind of fun mm -hmm. and my grandmother who's a terrifying and vicious woman <laughs> that I have a lot of uh, admiration for as well oh wonderful is she uh India or England India India but she's terrifying <coughs> yes that's great it's a terrifying like lady. like a like in a like in a, I don't want to spend time with her way or in like, a, no, no. What an amazing power of force of force sort of, of, force bit of, of both, sort of bit of both. Like she has the best curses 
And I don't mean abuse. She doesn't abuse people. She curses like a proper witch. Oh. And they are amazing. I mean, you'll have to come and see the show to see what they are. But right. <laughs> I do talk about her quite a lot. And yeah, just... A good curse. I feel <sighs> like... Oh. like I feel like the power of a curse is like almost just how much that person is then going to think about the fact yeah. that you curse them. And also, <laughs> yeah, and it's they're, they're so poetic. There's some things that are incredibly... They're not just, they're not just a straight, like there's an old Arab, uh, I think it's, is it Egyptian curse? Mm. And it's, um, me, oh no, actually it's a blessing. Sorry. It's for people you like. And what you say to them is, may the genitals of your enemies be inflicted with the fleas of a thousand camels and may their arms be too short to scratch. <laughs> it's so involved. <laughs> And but it's it so beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. the picture. The picture of it is like, oh, there's my enemy with their tiny hand. They, oh my God, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> Somebody has put some unnecessary amount of thought yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> Call them Ahmed, Ahmed the artist, just cursing yes. people with yeah. amazing, amazing things. Everyone going, oh God, write it down, write it down. <laughs> that was good. Write that yeah. one down. Fantastic. Oh gosh. And uh, so T with Terrace on at bats. Yes, that's um, on at bats between the. Let's see, 25th to the 28th Great. at 9.30. Mm-hmm. And that's in the studio, which is quite a, quite a small space. It's a 40-seater, mm-hmm. I think. So I think that'll be a lovely, intimate space to do it that in. It's really lovely to perform in there. I do yeah. love improv in there. So. It's a gorgeous um, theatre as well. It's sort of arts and crafts building. Yeah. And all the rooms are just lovely. I went and saw Shirley Noom there oh, the other night. Oh, brilliant. She's amazing. <gasps> I saw her last show in Melbourne last year. Mm-hmm. And she's just wonderfully funny, empowering brilliant performer i really love her stuff i think she's got like one or two shows left oh, so i think i got invited them. and i was like oh thank oh, too you busy. yeah <laughs> yeah i'll yeah. Have, to, have to check it out but that's yeah. great so there's fiery tongues fiery tongues is on in the propeller is that the one oh, downstairs yeah the yes. downstairs one so that's an on in the propeller and that's at six thirty. so it's a more uh early and that's 24th evening. to the 27th 24th to the 27th great and um, then the other two were on at third eye my Irish Jimmy is 16th to 18th at 7.30 p.m. That's tomorrow, uh, tonight. Tonight, tomorrow and day after at <laughs> yeah. Third Eye. And Nothing But The Blues also at uh, Third Eye, 1st to 4th of March Great at 9 p.m. That's great. That's lots of lots of shows. Yeah. Lots of cool work. Lots of different stuff. Yeah. It's great fun. I hope it I hope it all goes smashingly. Thank you very um, much. We, we love it here. So And Wellington's always been fantastic to me. Sorry, sorry so. about the lack of summer. It's just yes, I was a bit, when we arrived, I was a bit like, hello, Wellington, what, what's going, maybe they were just trying to make us feel at home because we had just come from England. Oh, true. You come from winter. We have come from yeah. winter. And actually today is beautiful, so today I can't is, complain. Today is doing really well, but overall, yeah. very disappointed. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a show that's just about me whinging about the weather. <laughs> It'll be very, very relatable to Twitter. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you so much for coming. And thank you, Jean. It was lovely, lovely chatting with you. I hope you have a nice time. Thank you. That was Samina Zera and that was our chat and that was her jam. Uh, I really admire just the ethos of her work and what she was talking about i can't wait to check out fiery tongues and tea with terrorists and to check out the uh the old musical shows as well uh hopefully you enjoyed that we uh like i said one week and two weeks to go 14 more episodes 
uh, just for Fringe. If you have a suggestion of a guest, if you would like to donate to the Patreon, um, there are costs involved in making this and uh, your support is super great. I mean, think of it like a koha. If you just want to hand me five bucks next time you see me, that is totally welcome as well. I will probably uh, laugh awkwardly about having said that on the podcast. But you know what? Just, just, just... I should be willing to accept gifts and give gifts. And I like giving people gifts, so I'll be happy to accept gifts. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't stop talking, even though you're the only person in your house and you're recording an outro that you're not sure people listen to. Did you listen to this outro? If you listen to this outro, I'd really love it if you came and posted on my Facebook page and said, hey, I enjoyed the episodes. I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed that episode. Why not tell me? Just make my day a little bit. That'd be really great. Anyway, we've got 14 more episodes. You should listen tomorrow. Have a great weekend. Ciao. What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>